for the past few weeks, we've been um, moving through seven steps to moving forward, moving forward in your Christian life and in your walk with the Lord, and spiritual spiritual growth. And uh, let me list, first of all, the first four that we've touched on. I think they'll have them up on the screen. First of all, we talked about the importance of unloading the weights and lighting, lighting, really lightening, lighting the, the load, to lighten the load in our lives. You've got to turn away from the past and just cast your care over on the Lord and move forward. The second thing we talked about is important to make the Word of God a priority in our life. Then we talked about developing a powerful prayer life. And last time we looked at the importance of depending on the Holy Spirit. And today we're looking at another important ingredient moving forward and that is activating our faith. How to activate your faith. This past Christmas, uh, I was blessed the kids, among the gifts that the kids gave me, one of them was uh, uh, an Apple watch. That is the correct terminology in an Apple watch. And uh, it's pretty awesome. Um, I got this and I had to have help, a lot of help, just a lot of help. You have to realize this is the genera- this generation, phones hanging on the wall that were used only to answer calls and make calls, phone. I think that's what God intended it to be. But, but this is a powerful, powerful instrument. So they set it up for me and, you know, had everything on it. And then, you know, I can, well, I can check my heart rate. It's doing okay this morning. Uh, blood oxygen is up there pretty high up in the 90s. Um, don't know exactly how many steps I've walked uh, today. Not enough. That's for sure. I can call from it. I can text I can, uh, well, you know, it's just a long list. And then there are more apps, always more apps. But, you know, I still use only a very, very small part of what is on here, what it's capable of doing. Hopefully I can learn more, but, I, I, you know, I still use just very little of what I, of, of what I have here. And... It reminded me of that if you have something but you don't know how to use it, you really won't benefit very much from it. You won't benefit nearly as much as you could. And I began to see that that's the way it is with faith. You can have faith. You can have faith. But if you don't know how to use it, if you don't know how it works, then you're going to miss out on a lot of the benefits of walking in faith. I want to quickly point out something this morning, and I'm excited about it because I think it's, it's fundamental, and yet I believe it's extremely important to maybe refocus where we are in our faith. We look at the definition of faith. What is it anyway? Well, you know, we have the common natural faith. It's kind of like last night when you went to bed. You expected to get up this morning. You expected the sun to rise you expected when you went out to your car and turned the ignition or pushed the button or whatever, you expected it to start. 
You expected when you got in here to this building, you found a chair there, that you expected that when you sat, it would hold you up. There, there's a common, general, natural type of faith. And there's, we know faith, which is simply a system of beliefs. There's the Christian faith, the Jewish faith, the Muslim faith, they're just a system of beliefs. Our focus, of course, you know, when we look at faith, we're talking about the complete trust and confidence in someone or something. When you have faith, you, you, you completely trust, you're completely confident in someone or something. In our relationship with God, we believe that God is, that He exists, that God is. We believe in His attributes, His character, His wisdom, His love, mercy, and power. We believe he'll keep his word. We have faith he'll keep his word. That he does not lie. That he's always with us. And that we can trust that he'll work, will work all things together for our good. We believe that. We have faith and confidence in that as believers. At least we should have. Hebrews chapter 1, uh, chapter 11, verse 6 <clears throat> The writer says, but without faith, it is impossible, and this is from the Amplified Bible, but without faith, it is impossible to please and to be satisfactory to God, to him. For whoever would come near to God must necessarily believe that God exists, God is, and that he is the rewarder of those who earnestly and diligently seek him or seek him out. So is, is faith important? Absolutely, you can't please God without it. Without faith, you not please God. In following God, you are. You are. And God, I believe that you will reward those who will diligently seek you out. So definition of faith, then I think maybe we'd call a description of faith. Sometimes people say if you want to define faith, go to uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. But I see, I see this verse more as a description of faith than I do a definition of faith. Faith is the assurance. Uh, this is Amplified Bible too. You know, New King James Version, we say, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now Amplified Bible gets a little wordy, but this is pretty powerful here. It says, now faith is the assurance, the title deed. You know, if you have a title deed to a piece of property, that piece of property is yours, even though you may not see that piece of property yet. You may not have, you may not have put foot on that property. It is yours. You hold the title deed. So faith is your title deed, a confirmation of things hoped for that is divinely guaranteed. And faith is the evidence. Evidence means proof. Faith is the evidence of things not seen, the conviction of their reality. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. Faith is a, a noun form. Believing is the verb form of the same Greek word. So the definition of faith, the description of faith, and the, the dynamics of faith, how, how to under, understand how faith works. Dynamics of faith. Dynamics really means uh, when you look at the pattern of something or the process of how something works. 
And understand this, we need to, to know that first of all, we know that God created man and woman. He created us with a free will, with the ability to choose, to make choices, decisions. With that comes the ability to believe. So in that sense, faith, the ability to believe, is a gift from God. It's not attained in any other way. He gives us the ability to believe. So it's a gift. In our salvation, we see this in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. It says, by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. Grace means that's, that's a gift, it's not of yourselves. It's faith that's not of yourselves. By grace, through faith, and that not of yourselves, it's a gift of God. The Bible says that Jesus is the author and the finisher, the completer of our faith. The scripture says in Romans chapter 12, verse 3, that God has given to each of us, in some, in some translations it says God has given to each of us the measure of faith to live for him. And in other translations it says God has given us a measure of faith. He gives us that faith, of course, to fulfill his call, to walk in his purpose, to do what he's called us to do, to live the way he's called us to live. He's given us the faith that we need. It's a gift. And all the other gifts in our life, all the other gifts of the Spirit flow from the gift of faith. Starts with faith. Believing. You see, the ability to believe is a gift that comes from God, but it must be acted on in order for there to be results, in order for us to really receive it. That's true of salvation, isn't it? God has given us the gift of salvation. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And whosoever does what? Believes on him. So it's important for us to see that aspect of faith. That just because something has been given does not mean that we necessarily receive it or walk in it. Faith is a gift. Faith is a seed. Now we know the Bible says in Luke chapter 11, it says... In uh, Jesus telling the parables, he says the seed, talking about sowing seed into certain types of soil and that uh, certain, uh, certain things happening to the plant as, as it begins to grow. And in this parable, he says the seed represents the Word of God. The seed represents the Word of God. So the Word's a seed. So when you take that Word and you plant it in the situations, by faith, you can expect it to produce. This is not a gimmick. It's not some mechanical thing we do. It's just a biblical principle. So in that sense, faith is a seed. Jesus, the word says, if you had faith like the grain of a mustard seed, like, the, like a mustard seed, very, very small. So often our focus on that is on the size of our faith. I would say uh, a mustard seed being so minuscule, so small, we say, well, that, you move mountains with that kind of faith, with that size faith. Well, but Jesus, the word has a very negative outlook on people who have no faith or little faith. So I think, I mean, it's my conviction when it says we have faith like a mustard seed. It's not so much talking about the size of that, must, of that mustard seed how small it is, but it's talking about taking what you've been given and plant it and know that it'll produce. 
Our faith is something that if you plant it, it'll produce far beyond what you could imagine. So the mustard seed is more about how faith works than it is, I think, the size of the seed. Now, people may believe differently about that, but it's all right. But I, I, I think that, that this is giving us a principle that, that this faith, seeds must be planted so it will grow. And the Bible describes it in Mark 4. And it's talking about the kingdom of God, but I think it's reference to our faith growing. It says, when you plant this seed, first of all, when it comes up, first of all, there is the, the sprouts up and there's the blade, the stalk, and then there is the corn. And so, is this, so faith in this, when we walk in it, there's a process to where that grows and develops. Colossians chapter 2 verse 7 says, let your roots grow down into him, into Christ. And let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong. Faith is to grow. Faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught. And you will overflow with thanksgiving. So how do we activate our faith? How do we activate our faith? Let me name three things we walk through. First of all, put it this way. We must have confidence in God's word. Confidence in God's word. If our faith is going to work, we must have confidence in God. In other words, you've got to believe and trust that the Bible, Scripture, divinely given, God-breathed, is the word of God. And it's important that we take this as a living word and we put this word into us. You see, faith must be built on the strong foundation of the word of God. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse 17, that faith comes by hearing. It doesn't say that faith comes from having heard. It says faith comes from hearing. And I I think there's a truth in that sometimes we miss. That just because we've studied something or read something that's in the past, it doesn't produce in us the power and the change and the faith in us that it can. It takes a continuing. We need to be up to date in our reading and studying and meditating on the word. It's this, it's this being alive in us now. Not what we read sometime in the past. Not some scripture we studied sometime in the past. Though that can help us. And the Holy Spirit will remind us of those things that we've read. And that's a wonderful blessing. But this is about something that's to happen in our lives consistently and continually. Faith comes by hearing and then hearing and then hearing the word of God. Now, of course, we read and study and meditate, but I always encourage that when you do that, that when you do that, speak the word out loud. You can listen to others speak the word and faith will rise up in you as you hear his word through them. But you're going to hear that word when you speak it out loud yourself. When you just read it silently, that's good, that's great. But if you will take time to read it out loud and let hear it, hear it with your ears, hear it from your heart, hear it in your heart, meditate on it, it'll begin producing some things in you and faith will develop faith begins and i think this is an awesome statement and is so true that faith begins faith begins where the will of god is known if you don't know the will of god concerning something it's very difficult if not impossible for you to pray with faith and believe for it you must first of all know what god says about it You must first of all know God's promises in that. And and when you do that, it puts you in a place to operate in faith. The word produces faith and faith activates the word. 
You get faith by studying the word, meditating on it until something in you rises up and you know that you know. It's not just a hope so. So we feed our faith through the word. And when we get in the word, we stir it up to remind ourselves of God's promises and his truth. Do this intentionally. So it's important to hear. If we're going to walk and exercise, if we're going to exercise our faith, we activate it through the word of God. Secondly, confession of God's word will activate faith. Confession, speaking God's word. I am... This is a classic story that probably many of you have heard this. I may have used it for myself, but it's a good one. It's a classic story. Uh, this, years ago, this preacher and his congregation was one of those congregations that would talk back with you to, you, to, you know, respond like with those things, amen, and praise the Lord. Preach it, Brother Dennis. Hallelujah. Look, that doesn't scare me. That will not, it may surprise me, but it does. Sometimes when you, I found, it's not about saying something just to say it. I have found that if we will so connect with that, that we kind of respond back to it, that it even improves our, our ability to be a part of what we're hearing. So just take that. (laughs) Anyway, he was in a congregation that loved to respond to him. And so... You'll remember this if you've heard it. I said, one Sunday, the preacher said, the church is like a crippled man who needs to get up and walk under the power of Jesus. And the congregation replied with enthusiasm, let it walk, preacher, let it walk. And the preacher said, the church is like Elijah on Mount Carmel. He's got to run. The congregation said, let it run, preacher, let it run. The preacher said, the church has got to mount up on wings like eagles and fly. The congregation said, let it fly, preacher, let it fly. And then the preacher added, now if this church is going to fly, it's going to take money. And the congregation said, let it walk, preacher, let it walk. <laughs> our confession is so important in our faith. Words have power. Remember the words of Jesus who said, Matthew 21, 21, he says, this is, this is, amazing statement. He said, I tell you the truth. He's speaking to his disciples, but was it just for his disciples or was it for all his disciples? I think it's to to us too. I tell you the truth. If you have faith and you don't doubt, you can do things like this. This is, uh, you know, responding to uh, the miracles that Jesus had been doing through faith. And he said, you can even say to this mountain, May you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. Now, you know, you don't see very many people going around talking to mountains and seeing them move. It's true. But, you know, what you speak out in faith needs to have some sense of the will of God in it and the purpose of it. And, of course, there are spiritual principles that we have mountains in our lives all the time that need to be moved. We speak to it. We don't talk about the mountain. We speak to it. Yes, amen, that's a good principle. In Mark 11, 22, 23, very familiar passage. You know, Jesus had, had they'd been walking by and a fig tree there, you know, was going to get some figs and it wasn't producing at that time. There's a whole lot in that story, but we can't get into it today. But Jesus spoke to it and cursed it. And then they came back by the next day and it withered from the root. And the disciples said, 
wow, it was just yesterday we came by and look what's happened. And Jesus said, have faith in God. Literally, that means have the God kind of faith, the kind of faith that can do this type of thing. Uh, the power of words. He spoke to this. says, the God kind of faith. Jesus says, I tell you the truth. If anyone says, confession. If anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes what they say will happen, it will be done for them. I know some people have taken this to maybe some extremes and, and maybe... Uh, uh, have, have used it as more like a, just a man-made formula than just a principle of the Word. But unless you want to mark these verses out of the Bible and say, well, you know, I don't know that I go along with that. Uh, it's there. It is there. And we need to learn from it. Your confession, your words must agree with and line up with the Word of God if you're going to activate His promises. you got to say what He said. If you're going to activate your faith, you've got to say what he said. This is what your word says. You know that your mouth can cause your prayers to be ineffective and block the blessings of God. You know that? We pray, God, I believe, I believe, I've got faith in it. And before we get out the door, we're talking negatively and doubt. And, 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 and we're just, you know, here we've got this place and we believe it. And then we're just, we've planted that seed and we're pulling it up. Before it can sprout and grow. You've got to confess it. Confess it. Say it. This is not playing games. It's saying it. Well, it's not what's really happening. No, say it because that's what God says about it. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 13. The scripture says we believe. Therefore we speak. Romans 4 17. We call those things which are not as though they were. So we have the importance of, of hearing the word. Confidence in God's word. We have the importance of confessing God's word in order to activate the faith. And finally, the third thing, there must be corresponding action. In other words, your belief, your belief determines your action and your action determines your results. Faith must be followed with actions that are consistent with what is believed. James 2.17 says, so also faith, if it does not have works or deeds or actions corresponding action to it to back it up by itself it is destitute of power it is dead it is dormant it is inoperative faith without works is dead so when you believe something you need to act on it now I don't know exactly what form that will take at times or what it will look like but this is important when you believe something there must be action or something that backs it up examples in the Bible oh, Old Testament Noah heard a word from God and he built an ark in accordance with that word. Hebrews 11 reminds us of Abraham that was urged by faith that he went up to the mountain with his son to sacrifice him in faith. God said, do it. He acted on it. Acting in faith. Listen, acting on your faith will bring faith alive. Jesus to the paralyzed man, Luke chapter 5, said, get up, take up your mat and go home. The man with a withered hand in Matthew 12. Jesus said, stretch forth your hand. And he did so. To the nobleman, he said, go your way. Your son lives. And the man did so. The man born blind, Jesus said, go wash in the pool of Siloam. And he did that. The woman with the issue of blood said, if I can just get there and touch the hem of his garment, I will be. There was action. 
Faith with action. There must be corresponding action to our faith or our believing. And then, of course, we have the classic account of Peter. <laughs> you know, Jesus is out there walking on water. It's amazing we can talk about that like it was a common thing. It might have been common for him. Jesus was walking on water. Oh, you really believe that? <laughs> you, really believe, you really believe that? You understand what you understand? You know, Jesus was walking on water and Peter saw that. And he, here's Peter always ready to speak out, presumptive. And he said, to, Lord, that you call me, call me to come out to you. And you said, come on. He heard the word, right? He heard it. Jesus said, come on. But it would not, he would have never walked on water if he had not acted on that word and put it through his leg over that boat and stepped out on the water. Sometimes we must step out. We must get out of our comfort zone and move on out and hear the word of God and simply say, okay, you say so, here I come. I'll follow it. It had to be action. Psalm 119 verse 5 says, oh, that my actions would consistently reflect your word, your decrees. You know that most of the promises in the Bible are conditional, right? We call them, now it's yes and amen. We'll talk about that in a moment. We've been singing about it. But they're conditional, right? Uh, it has a clause. You know how you have something that says, well, this is what, no, but there's a clause in there. You need to check this clause. Now, it's not in fine print in the Bible. It's just quite clear to us in the Bible there's a clause. So here's what it says that, uh, and the clause is an if-then clause, or if you will, I will clause. And so God's promises are based upon our response to what he says, to what he's done. He says, for instance, our, our verse salvation, that if you confess your, with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. If then. If you do this, if you do this, you'll be blessed. If you do this, you'll be cursed. There are, it's important for us to see this principle in the scripture, that there are conditions that we need to be aware of and follow them. All of God's promises are yes and amen, 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 20. But God's promises are not passive. We must be proactive in responding to his promises, believing them. Claiming them, walking in them. Now, how many of you know that in living out this faith, walking walk in faith, you run into some challenges? Sometimes there's some battles out there. Sometimes you, you thought you were walking in faith and it just didn't, things didn't happen the way you thought they would. There'll be a lot of questions when it comes to faith. And I don't want this to be a message that where people begin to look at this and it builds doubts or fears or, or uncertainties about it. Just learn the basics of this and just begin walking in them where you are. It works. If we would just do it, it works. Because God, God is a source of this. It's, it's, not a, it's not faith in our faith. It's faith in God. But walking by faith and believing God for these things sometimes can be challenging. When things are not changing around us, it can be very challenging. Um, the Bible talks about the trials of our faith. Well, it will work some things that will strengthen us, but we are even to rejoice when we go through some trials there. 
know that God's doing something inside of us. So there are challenges to it. So therefore, it's important to us, no matter what we're facing, and if we struggle in some areas, is, is to be consistent in this, stay with it, and don't move back into doubt or fear. Because in James chapter 1, verse 6, the Scripture says, But let him ask in faith without doubting or wavering. This is a strong word. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea that's driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. This is a divided loyalty, an un, being unsettled, on again, off again. I believe, but no, but what about this? Lord, I'm believing for this. I, I've got faith in it. But, but you begin looking around. You begin hearing things that are contrary to that. And you move back into this place of wavering. Of wavering. The author F.F. F. Bosworth, who wrote the classic Christ the Healer, said, Faith and doubt cannot live in the same house. <laughs> Smith Wigglesworth, a spirit-filled British evangelist, controversial and amazing man uh, of the past. He was known for praying for the sick and even praying for those who had, who had died to be raised from the dead. It's an amazing, amazing story. He said, it's important you free your faith from negativity. Folks, there's no more crucial time than now to learn how to walk in faith and to exercise that faith and activate faith in our lives. Look around you. Listen to things that are going on in your own life, in your family, in, in schools, in communities, in our country, in the world. You say, well, there's a lot of those things that we cannot control. Well, there's a lot of these things we can certainly pray for. So a lot of these things we can certainly look to God for His wisdom and direction as to how we're to respond to it. Regardless of what we hear, regardless of what we feel, no matter what we're facing, listen folks, regardless of that, God's Word is true. Nothing changes about that. The first thing you and I should do when we're facing some of these things is to look to the Word, look to God's Word for the answer. And what our response should be. God's word becomes that first authority. Now it doesn't mean that we pretend, oh no, you know, it's like a person breaks their legs. Oh no, my leg's not broken. By faith, my leg's not broken. Well, you know, you're look, this is not how this functions. It's not how this functions. You're not denying that some of these things happen. What you're doing is when they happen, you're going to God's word as authority as to his provision of taking care of it, of healing, whatever you need, and giving you answers to go from there, giving you direction from there. So this can be confusing to people. You're not denying that these things are happening. You don't have your head in the sand. You're living in the world. You're seeing these things are happening. You're hearing about it. You're experiencing some of them. But this is not what, this is not truth. The Word of God is truth. Many of these things do not belong in our life and we've allowed them to come into our life. Many of these things don't belong in our life because we've allowed the enemy to attack and bring them into our life. So what are we going to do about it? We're going to go to the Word and find out what God says about it and we're going to let faith rise up in us and we're going to respond to that situation. You may be going through some of these things, but you don't have to stay in them you don't have to be defeated by them. You can walk out of them. And you can walk through them. 
because God is faithful. God is faithful. I just want to say your situations are reality, circumstances. Your emotions may be a reality, but that's not what you live by. What this simply means is that you trust what God says about that situation and you respond accordingly. One word of caution before we're closed. Sometimes this thing of of developing an active faith and faith that works in your life takes on a life of its own and it becomes like this formula, like this magical formula. If we do this, the the problem with that is uh, you can read scriptures continually. You can, you know, you can put them on your refrigerator or your mirror. You can, you can do all the things that we say is important for you to do to walk in. But you can do all these things. And still, you'll not see the results you're supposed to, you should be seeing. The problem is, with doing all these things, you may not, and I, I've had this happen, this happens, I know because it's happened to me. You're not placing your faith or your trust in God and His Word. Instead, you're trusting in what you're doing. So you're trying to earn something. You're trying to get God to respond a certain way because you are performing a certain way. And if I do this, then I deserve it. I earn it. And that's not how faith works. It's not about what we do. It's about believing what God has already done. It's not about if I do this, 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 and this, then God, you know, then that remains, this is to happen. Well, they're principles of faith, and we follow them, they work. But so often our focus begins to turn to what we're doing. If we do this, we do this, we do this, and this will happen. No, we do this because God, God says to do it, and then God will cause it to happen. It's faith in Him. That's extremely important. Beware of putting your trust in yourself what you're doing instead of faith in what God has already done. First Corinthians chapter two, verse five says, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Folks, we do things in response to what has already been done for us. We are motivated in our doing from our, because of our relationship with God. So let me encourage you. Start where you are. Sometimes in walking through this, you start small. You start in the beginning stage, and it develops in your life. Much easier to believe for some things than it is for some other things. Start believing where you are. Start getting this word into you when you're going through some of these things that your response echoes what God has said about it. You hear it. You confess it and say it. And then you act on it. Faith is important. You can't please God without it. And the scripture says more than once, we walk by faith. We live by faith. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. But not I. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. 
I live by faith that comes through Christ, by confidence in God's word. And if you will walk in these principles, I'm believing that you'll move to a new level in your life in believing and receiving and walking in faith because it pleases God. That's a good reason to do it. It pleases God. Oh, Father, help us to please you. Teach us. Teach us how to walk according to these principles. I pray that you encourage those who've had their faith challenged. They look back at their past and maybe they even feel like they want to give up because of things that have happened that didn't come about the way they were hoping or even praying for. I pray that this will be a new day for them. For those of us that have been just part of a church for so long and, and, and Lord, and involved and we've read your word and all these things, we, we know them. I pray, God, that you'll bring a sense of freshness and newness to us about them. And we'll not be taken off to some, on some tangent about them, but we'll take the principle and truth of those words and we will act on them. And the fact is, your word says if you do this, your faith will come alive or be activated. Lord, do this in us. We choose to follow you in faith. Would you stand, please? Lord, we rejoice in your goodness today and in your faithfulness. We can have faith because you are faithful. So we rejoice in that today. And I pray, oh Lord, that your love, your blessing, your protection, will be upon each one in this place and upon their families and that we will live for your glory in Jesus' name. And can I hear an amen? amen. Give the Lord praise. Have a wonderful day, a wonderful week. Walk in faith.